So welcome to the latest edition of Career Talk, the University of Birmingham Careers podcast. We are so delighted today because we are joined by Rosemary Joe, who is the Group Campus Relations Manager at Jardine Matheson. Welcome, Rosemary. Thank you, Kate. Hello, everybody. We're very happy to be here. Oh, we're so excited to have you. Um, before we get kind of stuck in, today, today we'll be talking about assessment centers and group exercises during the recruitment process. Um, but I just wondered if you could give us a brief introduction to yourself, um, a little bit about Jardine Matheson, what your role is, and kind of um, how you got to where you are today. Sure, no problem. So I am currently the uh, campus relations manager for Jardine Matheson Group. Um, so I basically look after anything that's related to universities, that said, so about uh, campaigns, recruitments, uh, activities, engagements, all those sorts. So uh, the common saying within our team is that anything that has a school in it, uh, better call Rosemary. So that's what <laughs> I do basically. Uh, I've been with this company for 11 years at this moment. I joined as a management trainee and I did my fair share of rotations across different uh, teams functions and also worked on multiple different um, projects and uh, and operation schemes, et cetera. And then I joined the group HR team around, I think at this point, 3.5 years ago, and uh, basically started at the very beginning of the construction of our international campus relations structure and uh, import branding team. So uh, after some development, this is where we are. And about the company, Jordan Madison, I'm sure to a lot of you, this is a very uh, unfamiliar name to say the least. We are commonly known as the biggest company that you have never heard of. The company actually originally originally was founded in Guangzhou, China uh, by two Scottish gentlemen. Uh, they started nearly 200 years ago uh, as a trading firm and later evolved into one of the biggest international conglomerate in the world. Now, after nearly two centuries, it's still on the list of Fortune 500. That to itself is a pretty amazing record. That's huge. And I think you know, your record with the company as well. What I'm taking from this is you are the Jardines expert. <laughs> um, you have not only kind of been in lots of different departments, but you now are involved with all of the campus recruitment and everything with universities. So um, we're really grateful that you're able to talk to us today. And I feel really fortunate that, um, you know, anything that, that we need to ask about Jardine Matheson, you are the perfect person to answer. So <laughs> thank you for that. Um, Thank you for having me. So can you tell us a little bit about um, just generally about the recruitment process, what the stages are with Jardine Matheson in terms of um, from application to onboarding, what, what stages would a student have to go to or a recent graduate? Sure. Um, so obviously for a company our size, not only at the group level of uh, our team, the team that we're working with at the moment are recruiting, naturally all our subsidiaries, all the other uh, business units, as we call it, uh, have their own very much comprehensive independent recruitment teams as well. So uh, I would only be speaking more uh, overarchingly about our uh, Jardine Executive Training Scheme. But mm -hmm. as a reference, that is very much similar to most of the management training programs uh, in the market as well in terms of recruitment process. So usually we would uh, start uh, pretty much every year around the time of August. 
and okay. then we would kick off and open for application, uh, usually open to people with uh, limited years of working experience as graduate schemes are early career jobs where um, not that we don't welcome people with experience, but they are more qualified for other jobs uh, yeah. in the same sense. So uh, when we start application, these students will be entering into the polls by basically submitting their applications online. And then they are invited to complete two stages of online tests. And then uh, all the people that pass uh, both of the online tests will be invited to join assessment center. And then after the assessment center, we would uh, basically do a internal review of all the uh, candidates and then issue out all the offers, usually by December. So from the very earliest application to the offer stage, it could take as far as uh, four months. But obviously, the people who apply earlier would uh, wait a little bit longer. People who apply later uh, will have a little bit less time to wait. But that mostly is because we need to get everybody in for the assessment center. And that is scheduled on a more relatively aligned timeline. And then we obviously would be uh, handling all the working visas, accommodations, and all the other contracts and terms and paperwork for the accepted candidates, and then get them on board for September the year after. So there is a one year lead time from application to onboarding. Okay, but the actual um, process itself, I mean, I know, I know that, you know, the whole process is quite a few steps and that, that could be as long as four months, but actually that's quite a short time period when you think about um, if a student applies in September, they, they could have their job offer by December. And obviously those applications will close, you know, prior to December. So it is a, a relatively short time period where students need to be um, kind of on the ball and ready to start their applications and ready to go through that process and really commit a lot of time. Definitely. We find that students that start with us in September are so, um, a lot of them are so kind of focused on um, acclimating to life in the UK and acclimating to their studies and getting stuck into um, what they need to do academically, that a lot of students, unless they know in advance when the timelines are, will start thinking about career things in December and January once everything is settled down. And with a lot of graduate schemes, I mean, you mentioned that that the Jardine Matheson graduate, um, the executive scheme is, is quite similar in timeline to a lot of them. And that's what we find as well. A lot of graduate schemes have already closed by then. So, you know, what I'm really taking from this is that students need to be on the ball right when they start their studies or even sometimes if they're on a postgraduate course before they start their studies to to really get ready for that kind of career application process um in terms of your assessment centers and your group exercises um how are those typically set up is it is it a one day process or is it a few hours um can you walk me through that a little bit sure um we have uh two types of it uh, in a way forced by COVID, <laughs> we have the online version and the offline version at this point. So okay. the offline version is the, uh, the more traditional way of handling assessment centers. Um, usually we have set up like different assessment center locations around the world so okay. that we would be able to uh, fly the students to the nearest location because we, uh, at the group level, we recruit globally. So right. for example, we usually set up uh, a location in London for mm -hmm. all the students in UK as well. And uh, uh, it would take a whole day, pretty much typically from 8.30 in the morning to uh, 5 
or 6 p.m. in the afternoon, depends on the, um, the logistics of the day specifically. But it is very much a whole day thing. It starts mm -hmm. from breakfast. We invite all the candidates in for breakfast and then uh, go through the morning assessments and then lunch break and then afternoon. And then they are, uh, they are allowed to go home and wait for the deliberation of the result. And uh, the result usually is released uh, about a week later. Uh, oh, wow. For the online, yeah, for the online version, um, it could vary. Uh, depends on the the density of the assessment center needs. We used to run some like a half day assessment centers, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, most of the online assessment centers would be half day to be honest, because to stay online for a whole day is quite challenging, and uh, we. Uh, do observe that the, the output and outcome of qualities in the end uh, is not as ideal. So we try to basically shrunk the, the time commitment for those arrangements. So it's either a whole morning or a whole afternoon, but the, uh, the, the components of the assessment center are similar to the offline ones. Okay, so um, I was gonna touch on that because obviously some companies pre-pandemic may have only offered in-person ones in certain locations around the world. And I think for those companies, um, whilst the pandemic did force a lot of things online, and, and I know that, you know, that comes with its own inconveniences and challenges, I'd imagine that any students who previously were unable to physically attend the assessment center due to either, um, you know, kind of uh, winter exam commitments or not being able to travel, that does offer an additional kind of opportunity. Do you find that you are getting um, a higher uptake in, or I guess a lower dropout rate of students who aren't able to attend because you are able to offer a virtual opportunity as well for students for the assessment center? Um, for us, uh, I think so far we don't really see a very um, uh, large deviation in terms okay. of dropout rates or, uh, or, or, or attendance in that sort. Um, because for, for the people who, who do get to, to get to uh, be invited to our assessment centers are, are very much the, 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 the very, very little percentage left in yeah. the end. It's the, the selection processes that we put in, in uh, ahead of the assessment center are quite uh, competitive. So uh, uh, we're very fortunate that our candidates at that stage very much cherish the, cherish the opportunity. So they don't really tend to drop out. They, some of them would ask to schedule to a different date that uh, okay. we usually would be able to do that. So that hasn't really been a challenge for us. No. That's great. And I think also, you know, you mentioned that you put on different assessment centers globally as well. So that kind of removes that barrier for students not being able to travel um, yes. during assessment centers. And I think what's really key to note for any um, students who are kind of looking at going through a graduate recruitment process is um, a lot of companies will make that initial, um, the initial stages very rigorous and like you say, very selective, so that students that do go to the assessment center know that they are kind of um, the top choices thus far in the process. And um, companies don't want to waste students or graduates time, but they also don't want to waste their time as well and the resources putting everyone through an assessment center, which are very resource intensive um, to then you know get rid of most of those students anyway. Um, how do you think, in terms of percentages of students that are invited to assessment center that then go on to be offered, is it quite a high percentage or is it, um, what's, what are those numbers kind of like typically? Um, 
We don't really have a very large pool to recruit to fill in every year. Typically, particularly uh, that the Jardin Executive Training Scheme is a um, very selective program that even though that we recruit globally, we have maybe like two dozens of um, candidates joining us, sometimes not even that every year. So at the same time, we're talking about a much larger number from application. So uh, it's, a, it's a very different uh, gain compared to most recruitment um, um, activities in the market. So I don't really think we are a very typical percentage for assessment center to offer. I don't want to give out the wrong idea, but let's say that for most companies, from my understanding is that the percentage is relatively fixed because the uh, assessment centers are extremely expensive and uh, labor intensive and resource intensive to put together. They, all companies take it very seriously and uh, to give a very successful um, experience for the assessment center for the candidates and for all the employees from the company involved. Uh, usually, particularly like our case, we would bring in uh, very senior executives from around the world across industries to observe the candidates. Okay. So. We need to be sure that the, with the people that we bring into the assessment centers would not disappoint our senior executives and also that the people we bring in as reviewers and assessors wouldn't disappoint our very high potential candidates. So uh, that itself is a uh, affirmation of the quality and the capability of the candidates. Therefore, the number of people gets into the final offer stage from assessment center usually is pretty much fixed. Yeah. And I think, you know, you touched on a really good point in that this would vary from company to company. Every company has their number of um, invitations to assessment center, you know, the number of places available on the assessment centers, but also every company will have a very fixed number of positions available on their graduate scheme. So I think that really is dependent on the company and on the opportunities available. Um, You know, some companies have graduate schemes which offer hundreds and hundreds of places every year and other ones are much more fixed. So I think whilst the process is quite similar in terms of the stages and what one might expect from an assessment center or what what, a student might need to do to prepare, the actual numbers will vary company to company. And that's something that I think any of our students or graduates are able to research during that application process. And those are the kind of questions that they can be asking recruiters who either come onto campus or who um, participate in webinars with us and things like that. Definitely, um, definitely, yeah. How important do you think um, industry and more specifically company knowledge is during the assessment center element of the recruitment process? Obviously, we know that um, it's very helpful during the application stage, but do you find that, and and obviously during interview as well you want to show your knowledge in the company and also your your industry knowledge the activities that are set out in the assessment centers will they be um will they be requiring more industry specific knowledge or are you looking for more um soft skills and and that type of thing during those assessments um great question great question um but i think there are um two different types to generally say that uh in terms of like the directions the company would take in terms of designing the assessment center okay. uh 
depends on the job, really. Uh, if the job is, say, very much technical, it could be a graduate scheme or management uh, training scheme about one specific function, then obviously their interest in terms of uh, industry knowledge or expertise is much, much higher. Uh, and at the, at, the, uh, at the same time, there are programs very much like ourselves. Uh, we're looking for general managers and then by definition of that is we're not really looking for industry uh, experts or or any particular experts in any sorts like you can be an expert of anything just need to convince us your capability and the learning ability that's fine with us so okay. the different companies would have different like um, expectations but um, funny thing is that it, regardless of whether the job itself is technical or or, or not, uh, mm -hmm. it is uh, nonetheless extremely important for the candidate to do thorough research of the company, not just about like the histories or current portfolios. It's it's very common to see students coming into um, interviews or assessment centers not knowing what the company actually does, other than just mm -hmm. the names of the company. It's very common because, like, I mean, people set out assessment centers not because they want to have an interview. The companies mm -hmm. invest in assessment centers because they want to know more than what an interview could provide for them. They want to know more about you as a potential employee and how you work with the team. What's your understanding of their culture, ways of working, strategy, direction, et cetera, or even understanding of vision or whether your expectation aligns with the companies. Mm -hmm. Those are things that they want to do this. Otherwise, no one would put in the money and, and the manpower to do these things, right? So then if that is expected, they want the students to understand that then if you are challenged with a task if you need to do a presentation if you need to write a report or a proposal on the spot you need to understand what the company is doing you need to understand where their vision is their expectation is rather than what this company does now like if they're looking for future it would be much more helpful if you have done your research and understand where their future lies and what is their like five year ten year vision into the future uh would be so uh, understanding of the company and uh, particularly ways of doing things and the culture and also their future plans uh, goes beyond the traditional understanding of what we usually say about research for this company. And yeah. that I cannot emphasize how important it is. I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head um, from our perspective there when you said that assessment centers are, are to test your suitability for the role and your cultural fit, and you want to know more about an applicant and a candidate, more about a candidate than you would find out during a traditional interview. I think there are a lot of um, ways in which people can sometimes portray themselves in a certain light during an interview that, that you can't get away with in an assessment center in the same way. And I think assessment centers are there to test, to test your fit and to see how you would work, to see if you would align with the ethos of the company and to see if you really understand what the company is about you may not have all of the very specific te technical understanding those things you know there are some elements that can only be obtained once you're working but you have to have that at least kind of um, broad understanding of the culture of the company where the company is going and be able to kind of showcase yourself within that picture as well and I think that you know, like you say, there's a reason why you fly in high executives within Jardines, and there's a reason why um, you put on so many of them globally as well, because you want to get the best of the best. I think that being said, it's still um, 
surprising that you get candidates who will go through the whole recruitment process up to then and and kind of falter at that stage um and i think it is purely based on research you know it's not that those candidates are incapable i'm sure in a lot of ways it's just that they haven't done their research and they haven't put in their time and i think that kind of um leads me really nicely into obviously research is key and i think you know like you say you can't emphasize that enough but what what other ways can students prepare for an assessment center is there anything that they can do to really um ensure that they are promoting their best self on the day sure sure great question um and i think that is one of the most most asked questions, most frequently asked <laughs> questions that I have been uh, in any conversation with, with students whenever the conversation is about assessment center. Um, it's very difficult, honestly speaking, yeah. because the assessment centers are designed to be a pressure test. Mm -hmm. It is more than what a usual day in life would be for the actual job because it is the very extreme of extreme of situations to to just to see how far you can go how much you can bear and what you are really capable of so it is designed in a such way that uh, we are expecting you to show the best and the worst of yourself mm -hmm. then with all that pressure like on a very much like a fresh grad this could very much be their very first job uh, some of them the very first assessment center it is hard to bring out the best light of themselves and uh, uh, the question is always be like how can i how can i tell you how good i am really yeah um the reality is there is no no one like a standard answer to that it really is about how you are most comfortable of because the reality is that with all the pressure uh very much similar to what you said is that you can possibly pretend for an interview but it's gonna be rather challenging to pretend for an entire day under pressure of who you really are so yes. there's a sweet spot that uh, um or candidate who is preparing for a assessment center needs to find is between your ultimate natural self and your ultimate presentable self let's yeah. say <laughs> yeah, the, the, the part is that you need to be comfortable in your own uh, in your own skin, but that needs to be the professional side of it. And uh, the my my personal suggestion would be to have a full understanding of what the role you're applying to is looking for. Mm -hmm. So I would like to take the example that I know the best of our program yeah. is that our program is recruiting for future general managers who generally are going are interested in leading a business in running a business mm -hmm. from the positions such as managing directors and CEOs in the future. Then okay. obviously we're looking for people with that potential or can showcase such potentials uh, or showcase such already acquired experience or abilities in the process of assessment center. And uh, then it comes down to every candidate's understanding of what a good manager is like. Some people think it's a very authoritative manner. Some think it's very much collaborative. Some are more outspoken. Some are more a good listener type. So it's all different. We don't want to have a very boxed answer in terms of like everybody needs to look the same. If that's what we're looking for, there's no point in doing what we're doing. We're looking for people who to, to show us their understanding of what a good manager is given a situation. And then it's up to them to interpret their understanding and then combined with their action to showcase to us, convince us that they're really good at this. They're probably doing things that we're not expecting. So it's not about 
the knowing what the employer wants. We want to show what we want to see who you are. We want to see what you can do. It's up to the candidate to, to demonstrate what their understanding of a good manager in this case is. And then the best of the best sometimes would be uh, one that balances out. It's not one managing style. It's not one leadership style. It's not one communication style. It is adaptable. It is evolving. It is very much accommodative to the situation and the member that you're speaking to. And if that are the things that you can demonstrate in an assessment center, what can we possibly find that is at fault in your capability to become a good manager, right? And that role, I think, in a lot of times applies to all roles is that if you're looking for a role, be the best you can be that fits this role that is expected by this company. And then you are the person that they're looking for. I think that's really key. And I think that's something that um, sometimes we forget in this industry, whether it's, um, you know, as career professionals or whether it's as students and graduates as well. So many times we find that students will be looking to, um, you know, sell themselves you know, in an interview situation or to a company and to be able to successfully get get a role. But I think what we need to remember with any recruitment process, but specifically with the assessment center portion of a recruitment process is it is about authenticity and it is about making sure that you're a good fit for the role because there's no point going through all of that if then, you know, say, say you are managed, you know, you do manage to get the position if you're not a good fit, you won't stay very long. You'll have a terrible time. The company will have a terrible time with you. And it's just, it doesn't benefit anyone. So it is all about finding the right fit for the individual and the company. And it is about making sure that your personality, your authentic personality, not just how you can kind of uh, relay your experiences in an application or an interview set setting, but how your personality fits with the culture and I think that's really key for students to, to kind of remember. And, and like you say, it's a really difficult question to answer and how, how can I prepare? Because you're not looking for necessarily um, a set of information to be kind of regurgitated back to you. You're looking for someone's personality and how they would handle the challenges of the job. And that isn't, that isn't necessarily something that's easy to, um, you know, write in a textbook of how to prepare for an assessment center. I think all you, way, you, you kind of, you know, and you mention it a couple of times when you say you're looking for authenticity and resilience and adaptability. Those are things that we try and promote to our students all the time and that you need to show that you're able to um, adapt to different situations. And I think in some, in some respects, the students who are graduating now are more adaptable than ever because they have been through COVID as students and they've had to adapt to different styles of learning and, um, and all of the challenges that come, you know, I think as a society, a global society, everyone has had to adapt a lot over the last few years. And it's really showcased those that have that skill and it comes naturally. Um, it's brought out the best in those people and that they can just kind of roll with changes, but it is something that if nothing else, the pandemic is teaching us that there is nothing set in stone. Um, no one can predict everything that's going to happen and you do need to be able to um, kind of adapt and change and, and, and weather the storm, <laughs> whatever Definitely. that may be. <laughs> Definitely. 
And and I really love the point that you made earlier about like the students will have to be comfortable with it. Um, the, what we always uh, tell our candidates is that this is not just about us choosing you to join us. It's about you choosing the employer that you want to join and work for. Um, it's it's no point in, in getting a job that everybody else liked but yourself. Yeah. You have to find a job that you you actually enjoy doing that that is right for yourself. So assessment center is not just a perfect like time and a scenario for the companies and executives to assess you. It is the golden time for you to see how they actually interact amongst themselves and how they treat and interact with the candidates as well, because that would be very much similar to your future working environment and culture. And I think that's such a key point as well. And, you know, especially with assessment centers where you do have a lot of executives in the room and you do have a lot of, um, higher up individuals within a company that are present during an assessment center, that is an opportunity that you would not otherwise get during a recruitment process to be able to not only meet some of these individuals, but see how they behave in their careers and see how they behave with colleagues to see, is that the kind of culture that you want to be joining as well? It's, you know, it's a two-way street. And I think sometimes we forget that, or sometimes students kind of forget that as well, because there's so much pressure put on getting a job, but but we need to make sure it's the right fit. Um, kind of with regard to like preparing for assessment centers, I know that there are a lot of um, companies that offer virtual assessment centers, or um, sometimes you get um, these online assessment center simulations or things like that. Do you find that they, um, are worthwhile in terms of helping students at least prepare for what the environment might be like, or um, or is it a case of every assessment center is so different depending on the company that that, that it's challenging to actually emulate that? Um, I think it definitely helps. Um, it is very similar to like mock exams in a way that you're not gonna, yeah. gonna get the exact same questions, but it gets you situated into the scenario. And uh, you, you, you basically like is a, a chance to reflect of what you, uh, what you would like to do and or what you would like to do differently when you are really at a, a real interview or assessment center. So I think it's uh, extremely helpful. Um, and uh, also one point to that is that um, it's not only that like simulated assessment centers can be a way to get yourself uh, prepared for future assessment centers. Uh, I personally think any public speaking opportunities, any group okay. discussions, any presentation would, would be a, a way to get yourself prepared for that. Anything that you think you did well or anything that you think you, did, you didn't do well and you would like to do differently are points that worth, uh, that's worth taking note of and uh, for you to do repeat or do not avoid uh, in an actual assessment center. Don't miss out any of the daily opportunities because that's what we think really helps to shape who you are in terms of like all these specific uh, little scenarios, how you handle it rather than BAM assessment center. And this is my personal package for assessment centers. Yeah. Specifically. <laughs> That's not really the case. We're, we're always ourselves and, uh, and all those like a presentation group discussion projects help us to shape how we would handle the challenges and tasks we are given in any scenario, including assessment center. I think that's a really good point. And I think, um, you know, some students are more confident in kind of group activities. Some students are more confident in public speaking. And I think um, 
you know, it was something that you and I briefly talked about before we started recording the podcast, but I present regularly for my job and I still get a little bit nervous doing it. And I think that's normal, but I think it's also something that the more you do something, the more comfortable you get with it. So I guess some of our advice to students or graduates would be to take every opportunity available to do these things and to, to build confidence. Um, and, you know, group activities, we offer a lot of um, kind of consultancy challenges and um, group projects within careers network, but also within the curriculum for students to kind of make the most of those opportunities to learn how to effectively work in a group um, to showcase themselves in the best light. You know, no one wants to be the one that is doing all of the talking and kind of not, not letting others speak, but you also don't want to be the one that's just sitting back quietly and not um, engaging at all. So use those group opportunities to find that balance and, and really hone in on, you know, your speaking skills and, and your kind of engagement skills, but also your listening skills and your collaborative working skills as well. I think those are really key for assessment centers. Um, and just kind of going back to those virtual assessment centers, I suppose, um, like you say, they're like mock exams. So at the very least, it gives students an opportunity to at least get that first one out of the way in terms of get rid of some of those nerves, get to understand maybe a little bit of the format of what you can expect in assessment centers so that when you are going for a job that you're really excited about, your first assessment center experience won't be the one that you know is most important to you. <laughs> It's like the first scratch on the car. You just need to yeah. get over it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's such a good analogy. And then and then you're fine. <laughs> um, are there any um, kind of traits that you find particularly off-putting in assessment centers, or any um, anything that would, um, yeah, I guess, be really off-putting if a student showcases at an assessment center that you think, oh, actually. That's a bit of a red flag. Is there anything like that that you could share with us? Um, sure. Yeah, I, I was just going to like uh, use red flag more like for this <laughs> for the for the word to replace. Um, but yes, indeed, there are definitely some um, alarming traits that sometimes mm -hmm. when we observe, it uh, would uh, be like a, a, this like a siren sound in our head that's going on already. Um, typically, one that is very much dominant of the conversation that. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of students, particularly younger students who have no working experience, would think that's a way to show confidence or or impacts. Um, but in reality, um, we put people together in a group context because we want to see how they work together in a group context. And a, a extremely dominant member in a group may not always be the best thing, let's say. So uh, be very much careful with that. I, I'm not saying that you can't be the only one speaking. It could be a situation where the rest of the team really aren't just not up to the speed of what is required to deliver and you are really carrying all of them through the water for this, then you are the hero of the day. But how often does that happen? Yeah. I, I don't think that's a, the, the frequent case scenario. Uh, most of the time is that everybody there are equal 
equally capable, but maybe at different fronts. And uh, the opportunity needs to be shared across the team for everybody to be able to voice out their opinions and uh, try not to be overly dominating of the situation would be our advice. Um, that's the first thing. Um, second is about uh, relationship building. Um, it is a difficult thing to be very much close with someone that you're meeting for the first day and uh, putting assessment centers online are just making it more difficult, particularly <laughs> yeah. when we're sometimes asking the candidates to get into a um, planned heated discussion or a mm -hmm. debate about something. And just the thought of like uh, having to debate with someone you've never met in person is sound, just such a rude idea to, to begin <laughs> with. A lot of people shun away from it just by the thought of it. Um, the reality is that you need to handle that very artfully. A, a debate doesn't necessarily need to always evolve into an argument, mm -hmm. yet uh, a meaningful discussion can be uh, carefully conducted and uh, produce worthwhile and uh, and impactful outcome in the end. So that in itself is a skill. So being able to get to know each other in a very short time, being able to, to work together collaboratively on a matter, uh, be it virtually or, or in person on a very like temporary setting is a skill in itself. And uh, in real life working, it is a very important thing as well, actually. So that's the second thing, not being able to do that would be quite difficult and it would definitely, definitely have a negative impact on your delivery of the assessments. And uh, a third one and the last one I would like to share today is the ability to um, find the core uh, values or the, the key informations to, 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 to demonstrate or deliver. One of the common pitfalls I observe um, is for students when they are getting into say a group discussion in an assessment center, there is always that one that is very confidently saying that, okay, I'm going to be the timekeeper. Um, <laughs> I don't really know where this came from, but I think it's from like one of the older tips of assessment centers in terms of like you need to assign roles and you need okay. to be <laughs> visible. So you like be the timekeeper so that you appear to be organized and you, you are leading the conversation. Um, uh, I, regretfully, I have to tell everybody that is so outdated. Uh, <laughs> there are much better ways to showcase your confidence and, uh, and ability to organize the team. So please don't do that. And if you feel like there has to be a timekeeper, that's fine, but don't count on that sentence to give you extra point for the conversation. It's about the entirety progress and uh, the, the details in the teamwork and the, the, the compelling ideas that you put forward and the ways to get everybody involved and engaged. Those things are what really counts. I think that's such a, a funny example because whilst time management in any job is key, it certainly isn't the only thing that you look for in a graduate and it certainly if you have an opportunity to showcase your skills and feel as though in a group project roles need to be assigned there are far more valuable ways that you could be showcasing yourself and far more valuable skills that you could be um showing and and putting to use rather than just looking at a clock and not really contributing <laughs> anything um meaningful i that's something I didn't realize that was a thing. So 
Um, I didn't expect it as, as well, but I, I, I've been to like many um, mock assessment centers in the past few years. Yeah. It, there's always one person that would say, I'm, I'm going to be the timekeeper. And, and my observation is that they then they then uh, have less to say in the actual discussion because they are yeah. keeping the time in a way but it's it's in a way i think it's hurting their chance of actually um like putting themselves forward and uh, and putting their ideas forward more importantly to me that's that would suggest someone who um you know doesn't want to actually engage or doesn't want any strong responsibility but wants to be seen to be doing something <laughs> that's very that's, interesting uh, that's exactly the idea that you don't want to send over <laughs> on the assessment center day right okay well any students that are listening to this choose a different role <laughs> don't be the timekeeper in an assessment center don't just be the timekeeper don't do, yeah don't just be the timekeeper um it's handy to keep everyone you know make sure everyone is is staying on track but obviously don't just be the timekeeper um, well, Rosemary, thank you so much for for speaking with me today. It's been really um, insightful to learn a bit more about how assessment centers are set up and and what students can do to kind of prepare themselves, but also what they can expect in those environments. Um, just one final question is, um, are there any um, kind of last and final tips that you would have for current UOB students to um, either make the most of their time in the UK at the University of Birmingham or with regard to how best to promote themselves during the recruitment process, if there's any kind of parting tips that you have. Sure. Um, I think it's um, it's up to the students to decide what they want to be, really. Um, it's such a cliche thing to say, <laughs> I know, but it is so important that I we are really hoping the students wouldn't come to us and say we want to join your company because your company is great. We want them to, to say that we want to join your company because I would like to do this and I find you a great platform or I find you that offers the best opportunity for this. And I think I see the future in developing in, in this company. That's the kind of initiative that we want to see because it is so not this century's kind of conversation that a, a company is just a place for job it is so not the case anymore we want no. to grow with our employees we want to provide opportunities for them to develop and grow uh, with us so it is ultimately down to each student uh, what they want to do. They need to decide for themselves what they want to be. And if they have a direction, a goal, please just try the very best and work towards the direction. And then don't bother about which company you're going to be with, because once you find yourself uh, a, a, a comfortable place that you want to be in five years, 10 years time, and you work towards that direction, there are countless companies in the world and uh, a lot of them would be more than happy to have you on board with them. And then at that point, it's about a true dual selection process of you and the company finding the perfect fit in terms of the next phase of development for both the corporate and yourself. I think, I mean, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I think it's, there are countless companies in the world and it is no longer, um, kind of the goal to work for a prestigiously named company. The goal now is working in an environment that you fit well in and that recognizes your skills and abilities and that 
um, encourages that mutual growth and that you will be happy. And, you know, we spend so much of our lives at work that it's not good enough to just have the name on your business card of a company that other people have heard of. It's important to actually do something that's meaningful to you and do something that, that you're interested in and that is fulfilling. Um, and so I think, like you say, it's really important for students to do their research, have a little bit of internal soul searching in terms of what do they want to do and then find companies that align with their core values and with their goals and to kind of help them. Those students are the ones who are going to be most successful because they can articulate why they want to work for a certain company. Absolutely. Um, and, and sorry, just one more point to that yeah. is that I just want to share that uh, I'm not just saying this for the purpose of promotion, but, but really is that motivation is a crucial element in our assessments. And it's the reason is because we truly believe that people who are motivated to work for us are the people who ultimately would do the best in terms of their final performances at job with the team and for themselves as well. So that's uh, one step back is to find your motivation, what motivates you, and then find the company that motivates you the most. So that's why it's, as a company, we highly, highly agrees and recognizes that as well. That's such a good point. Um, well, Rosemary, thank you so much for talking to me. I've really enjoyed our conversation. And, um, I, you know, I feel like I've learned a lot about the assessment center process, and it's something that I think all of our students will find really valuable too. So I really appreciate your time and it's been lovely speaking to you. Thank you so much. And I'm very, very happy to be here. It's uh, it's such a fun conversation to have as well. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm -hmm.